Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 206, Luke Cage, Season 1, Episodes 1 through 3, Moment of Truth, Code of the Streets, and Who's Gonna Take the Weight? Hello and welcome back to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, Agent Ben to some of you and just plain Ben to others. And I've been joined by Agent Stewart to some of you and... Uh, Stu from the UPA hey. to others of you. And and less Stu, if you are internet, have stalked me on the internet somewhere. I've never said any of that on the show, but I'm less Stu everywhere. So if you find that, less Stu. That's what I meant. Less Stu, not just Stu. Yeah. Less Stu. Stu sounds really good right about now. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. It's been perfect the last two days. Perfect. Speaking of, wait, before we move on to the weather stuff, um, that voice you just heard, <laughs> that voice you just heard was Agent Samantha to some of you and uh, Ninja in Training to others of you. Welcome back, both of you. Oh, it's always good to be back. So here we are. Yay. Netflix. It is summer, although it feels like fall outside. It really does feel like fall. A whole bunch. Oh, my goodness. Friday, I walked out of work, and I just thought to myself, this day was made for me. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was beautiful. So I have to ask you guys, did you guys actually get a summer? Because our summer was only like a day and a half. (laughs) It it rains. It's rained more this summer than it has in the past five years, I've been told. Well, we did have a very, a very hot summer. Um, It was, it was. Just your typical in Indiana, it gets really hot. It gets really cold. It doesn't get super hot. It doesn't get super cold, but it gets really hot and really cold. And we are coming at the end of summer here, moving into fall. And you know what? We are talking about Luke Cage from how many months ago now? What, November? I don't even, I don't even remember. Was it September oh, or November? Gosh. But it was a long time ago. And... Our goal, we cover the MCU, and we have planned to cover the entire MCU, but Netflix is where we really fell behind. And so we have come up with a plan to um, just to get through Netflix, but still cover all of Netflix. And we want to get done with Netflix before Inhumans hits in regular schedule on TV. Not before the IMAX theatrical release, but before it gets on TV. And we have a plan, and that plan is this. We are going to cover multiple episodes within single podcast episodes and we still want to give some breathing room to talk about some of the ideas and themes and stuff that's going on but that means for this episode we are talking about episode one two and three of luke cage season one next episode we'll talk about the next four episodes and then beyond that it'll be three per episode again um when we get to defenders it'll probably get uh you know like two episodes in one episode of podcast we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll when we get there but for right now, our plan is to get back to that weekly Inhumans schedule. When we when Inhumans launches on TV, we're going week by week, episode by episode. And then we'll start worrying about the other stuff later. But by taking care of Netflix like this, we can worry about the other stuff much sooner <laughs> than we right. would have. So, right. And that's a, that's a big thing. There's a lot coming. 
a lot coming. And we want to make sure that we give everything, um, you know, opportunity to talk about. And unfortunately, this is where we're going to have to make some of those adjustments. Yeah, yeah. Now, one other adjustment we're making is we are adding another host, which we will announce uh, in the next couple of episodes when he comes back on. And also our plan is to have, um, I hope, uh, Evan come on and talk about Luke Cage because he, not Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist when we do the Iron mm-hmm. Fist coverage. But by bringing on some of these, some familiar voices, one newer voice, um, we are also hoping we'll be able to spread spread the workload a little bit too. So it's all about how do we make this work in our free time for free. Well, this is how we do it. And so uh, this is how we do. Yeah, I didn't want to sing it, but <laughs> oh, yeah. no, you I'm both did there. it. You both this did is, it. Uh, this is going to be I mean, it's a 90s hip hop show. Uh, I'm a 90s some truth kid. to that. So <laughs> there is. Uh, I apologize now for anything I might say or sing in the future. <laughs> yeah. And so the other thing that's happening that's different is our phone calls that we made when the episode aired. We're still using them, but those will be in a post-credit segment and will be a less formal part of the actual episode. So when past Ben calls and talks to future Ben, future Ben may not answer. Um, sorry, past Ben, but that's just the way that's the way we roll now. Yeah, that's probably for the best because those are some awkward, awkward conversations, Ben. Yeah, but it did get much more awkward than last episode with the Daredevil season two, episode 13, where past Ben forgot to call in. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So this is maybe past Ben's punishment. But anyway, hey, I do have to say I was looking forward to talking to past Stewart, but. Fine. Yeah, Pass Stewart, he is going to be. I don't know what he's going to do because I don't know, know Pass Stewart very well. So <laughs> <laughs> it's only you that I know. I don't know the past you. Right. Yeah. Right. Although, actually, I did know the past you at the time. So anyway, here we are talking about Luke Cage. We are going to talk about Moment of Truth. That is episode one. We are also going to talk about Code of the Streets. That is episode two. And finally, we are going to be talking about. Who's going to take the weight? Episode three. Are you ready? To rumble. No, yes. that's 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 trademark. We can't say that. No, I just yeah. said to rumble. I'm okay. I'm covered. All right. That that oh. acceptable. <laughs> acceptable. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah. Samantha, you don't panic. I, I heard you about to panic there and we are good to go. <laughs> yes. All right. I was like, do I need to contact my lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Okay. You, you just want to call Foggy. That's all you want to do. Yeah, because, you know, I think he's just cute. So. He's a good guy. I saw a photo of him, by the way, from uh, Defenders. He got a haircut. Yes, he did. Spoiler. But. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's not in this episode, though. No, so. he's not. Well, let's talk about who is in this episode. All right. Episode one is Moment of Truth. And we're getting a new setting and we're getting a bunch of new characters. And so. um the, the important ones are, are highlighted here, but uh, Luke Cage is now working at a barbershop where he cleans up and where friendly ribbing, a swear jar and debates about books and baseball or basketball add to the ambiance and camaraderie of the customers and the barbers. This is Pop's Barbershop, an important place for the community in this area of Harlem. Conversation with Pop's and Luke reveals that a Pop's totally knows about Luke's backstory and his powers and even calls him Power Man. B, Luke just wants to be left alone and live a quiet life. And C, Luke's a fugitive 
which is part of why he wants to be left alone and just live a quiet life. <laughs> but we do get some good advice from Pops, and that is that the past is the past. The only direction is forward, never backward. Then on his way to his other job, washing dishes at Harlem's Paradise, owned by Cottonmouth, he bumps into Chico, a kid who's probably headed for trouble. No, a kid who actually is headed for trouble. He's mixed up in a weapons deal for some high-powered weapons with a name that you might remember, Justin Hammer, and it ends in a bloody shootout. At the Paradise, we learn that Cottonmouth and his cousin Mariah Dillard are two sides of a shady operation. Two sides of a coin of a shady operation? There's two sides going on here, and one is he runs the dirty part. Uh, She's the city councilwoman, and she's taking care of appearances. She is... Uh, benefiting from him taking care of the dirty part, but she really does want to help the community. Anyway, with the weapons deal that went bust, Cottonmouth's superior Diamondback sends in shades to keep an eye on things. And Cottonmouth believes he has a handle on things and beats up one of the survivors of the deal and goes full kingpin on him. Meanwhile, Luke can't help getting involved in things as he ends up protecting his landlady, the owner of the building, which the bottom floor is what, Genghis Connie's? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. He protects her from some of Mariah's thugs and goes full superhero on them. And his landlady asks if he's for hire. He tells her he's not, but he'll protect her always. And so we narrowly avoid the title that the defenders should have had, which was heroes for hire. That is episode one of Luke Cage thoughts. First off, do you think they were trying to set up the defenders being called Heroes for Hire? No, I think that they're avoiding that right now, but I still believe oh. they should have called it Heroes for Hire. I don't care if they don't actually go for hire. They should have been called Heroes for Hire. That's just that's just the awesome title. And then using that title, they should have set up a shop and, and become for hire. But that's another story. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. They could have easily – I mean, Jessica Jones just hires on Luke Cage mm-hmm. and Danny – and the only one that doesn't really need to be hired at all is Danny Rand. Well, he doesn't need to be hired, but he's there, you know, and, yeah. and they set up shop and he's got money to give them. And then you have Matt Murdock, who he helps them out every once in a while as Daredevil, but then legally helps them out as Matt. You know, it, it all works out. But no, it's not going to not going to strawberry rhubarb pie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, miss that pie. So. But back to Luke Cage, this actual episode of the actual show, not our imaginary episode of a future show. <laughs> right. What do you guys think? This is our pilot episode. Uh, we've seen him, but this is our pilot. Uh, so as far as that goes, I do not remember him and Jessica Jones very much. I remember him like trying to saw his skin with the circular saw and it just dying or whatever. But that's it. I don't remember a whole lot of um, character development from him in that show. So all the character development that I got, all the, the, the Luke cage that I got is from this show. And it's really from that first scene, um, or that first setup anyway, where he and, um, Oh, I forget the kid's name. He's talking to who's getting the fade and Chico, right? No, Chico's the one who's actually cutting the hair. It's the chemise or Shamika. The the one who dies, right? Yeah. The one who dies. Yeah. And I forget his name, and I apologize. Um, He's dead. He doesn't mind. Yeah, he doesn't mind. Uh, the interaction between Luke Cage and that kid sets up this entire his entire uh, motivations. He's he is a working man. He is a guy who's literally just trying to work to make it through the day. He's not 
out to be famous. He's not out to be superhero famous. He's not out to win any awards. He is just trying to make money to pay the rent because Genghis Khan is going to come around the corner and get mad at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he, he's also getting paid under the table. Right. And and so he's getting paid cash he's, because he's on the run. And if he had to, you know, file his W-4 and get, you know, pay taxes and stuff, they'd, they'd find him. Mm-hmm. Easier. And he doesn't. He doesn't want that. And he's looking around every corner and he's looking around. He's on the run. Um, but he's he's got this work ethic. That is, I, I polish that glass every day. I clean these uh, rags and I sweep hair. And that's an honest work for an honest pay. Um, and that sort of I mean, he's getting paid under the table. So it's a right. little dishonest. But you're right. I mean, he's he's got to live, right? Right. I mean, our, 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 you got to eat. And so, you know, you were talking about Jessica Jones back in Jessica Jones. What I remember from it is um, his his character arc in Jessica Jones was dealing with the fact that he was together with the person who killed his wife. And yes. having to deal with that. And that was pretty much it. And then he he left. I mean, he just leaves. Right. He, he goes away. And this is. This is where he goes. I mean, his bar does get blown up in that too, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, lots of stuff gets blown up around um, around Mr. Cage. M- mainly eateries, which we'll mainly get into. Eateries. We'll get into it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but I think somebody m- mentions that he had this re- rebound girl, and that's directly referencing Jessica Jones. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, Now, the whole thing here is he doesn't want to get involved in in any of this stuff. He just wants to keep his head down and just live this quiet life. And he can't help it, though. And this is this is the call to action here in this episode. You know, Mm -hmm. he has to get involved. He with great power comes the obligation to use that power in a way that helps other people responsibly. So you don't want to get sued for for using that. <laughs> well, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, if by paraphrasing, you mean the exact opposite of paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's where we're at is he, he has to do it. Um, now I didn't mention in the synopsis, we, we do meet Misty Knight, which talk about amazing, um, co-characters or supporting cast in this in this show she's awesome i love her i want to see more of her all the time in in everything i want her to be you know in every show that i see again in the in the marvel universe now she says she's an auditor and she is actually not an auditor (laughs) but we'll get into that but she and this is this is his next um lady friend they're just getting coffee, and that is it, sir. Truth. The family show. Yes. They're, they're getting coffee. That's it. That's all they're yeah. doing. Yeah. I was going to say more about Misty, but spoilers. Well, Misty, we get to know her a lot more in the next episode. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about within the Luke Cage series. Oh, I mean, and down, we are, yes. down the road. And we are keeping further. to that. Yeah. That, yeah, that so. Netflix uh, – ethic of 
we do Netflix ethics. Uh, we yes. will not spoil anything on Netflix beyond what we're talking about in this episode. Although it is going to get a little, uh, a little more fuzzy by doing multiple episodes in, in the mm-hmm. way we are, but we will not talk about specifics of iron fist. We will not talk about specifics of defenders. We will not talk about specifics of Punisher iron fist or defenders. Out. Yeah. Well, but Punisher, yeah, that's that's ways away still. There's no real spoilers for that because we don't know anything about it. At least I don't, I should say. It's true. So, I haven't seen anything for it yet either, so we're good on that. Um, so I've if this seen oh, go ahead. from what from what we have not seen from what has not been released from Netflix yet, um, I have seen very little, to be honest. So yeah. Well, just okay, cool so trailers. we meet we yeah. meet Misty Knight. We meet her um her 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 uh partner in crime or partner in law, I guess. Scarf. Yeah. Who isn't he like some eighties, nineties teen actor? What's his name? Is he? Yeah, he's That's not what I recognize him from. What do you recognize him from, Ben? Uh isn't he in the Matrix? No. No. Scarf? No. Are you? Oh are you no no no! I'm thinking of someone else completely. You're thinking of Joey Pantoliano. I am the only person I can think of. I'm thinking of Joey Pants. Why am I thinking of Joey Pants? I don't know because this kid is not Joey. No, Pants. you are right. This is a. Uh, yeah, Frank Wiley. He's known for like he was in Pulp Fiction. He was yeah. in Field of Dreams. Not, he was in. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I. If I edited this episode, I would edit that out. <laughs> don't don't edit it out. I'm not going to. Um, I'm just saying if I did. The one the one I thinking of is he and Jennifer Connelly are stuck in a the Walmart Target a Target not Target filmed in a Target, but it wasn't a Target um, overnight. And it's Career Opportunities. That's the name of that movie. That yeah, that was high school. Yeah. Well, he reminded me a lot of Seamus Deaver from the show Castle. He was one of the um, oh yeah the secondary yeah. cops. But th- but this guy in here in Luke Cage, he to me he seems like an older, gruffer, rougher version of that guy. Whereas on um, on Castle, Castle was sort of like the funhouse version of a uh, of a cop procedural show. Yeah. Yeah, and this would be the more gruffer version of that kind of character. So, but it, yes, yes, the, he's a gruffer version of of that, and there's no Esposito. Um, no, and it's a sad thing. No, it's because we have Misty. That's true. Yeah. But it's nice to see uh, familiar faces, whether they're whether they're from the '90s. They're trying to capture all this '90s um, aspect of things. You've got Raphael Sadiq playing in the opening number. Um, you've got Frank Wiley, who's not necessarily playing Frank Wiley or anything like that, but he's a familiar face that some '90s kid goes, "Oh yeah, I know, recognize that." So um, that's cool. Well, there's also stylistically um, a um, a nod to uh, black was it black exploitation mm-hmm. films well, from yep. the '70s. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Luke Cage is a direct. The character of Luke Cage is a direct response to, you know, the character of Shaft. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just still stuck on why I was thinking Joe Pants. <laughs> he was Ben Urich in uh, Daredevil. 
That's the only thing I can figure. That Joey Pantoliano was Ben Urich in the Matt, uh, not the Matt Damon, the Ben Affleck Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and That's... and this is the character he would play if they hired him to be in this show. But I'm stuck. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, at this at at his age now, I think so. So we we I mean, Scarf in this episode it really doesn't do anything. I mean, he's he's just no. there. And honestly, Misty doesn't do a lot either. But no. um, well, it's when we get into episode two. This is where we find out some things here. Yes. So episode two, episode- Code of the Streets. Mm-hmm. Now we start with a framing sequence. This kid with something to prove puts a gun to Luke Cage's head as Luke Cage is looking at a building. He's interrupting his building looking. <laughs> then we flash back to Misty Knight using her powers of detectivery or detective de- deduction. And she is determining what happened at that shootout where Chico was the, lo- the only one, you know, he left with money. And so she figures out that there's someone out there with money who's in trouble and they need to find him. And Cottonmouth is also investigating. He comes to Pops to inquire about Chico and the missing money from the weapons deal. And now Luke is also investigating because Pops convinces him to go find Chico and bring him back to the shop before Cottonmouth can find him. And maybe they'll be able to parley a a peaceful solution. And uh, Chico does end up coming back to the barbershop, although not necessarily because Luke convinced him because he wasn't interested. But um, also, you know who else comes? It's Misty and Scarf. They both come too, and they hide Chico. They lied to Misty and Scarf, but this is where Luke Cage figures out there's something about that Misty. Oh, she's a detective. <laughs> Luke goes to Cottonmouth to try and set up the peaceful parley, and Cottonmouth agrees to get a haircut. Enter Turk, who's been in this episode now, and he tips off Shades, who was sent, like we said, to watch Cottonmouth, and another thug, that Chico is there. Tone. Tone. And the thug goes, Tone goes and shoots up the place, killing Pops, but not Chico because Luke saves him. And Misty investigates again. And now she thinks there's something about that guy that's not quite what he seems because he looks like he's been shot, but he doesn't look shot because his, he's fine. He's got bullet holes all over his clothes, but not all over his body. Meanwhile, Tone brags to Cottonmouth and gets tossed off the roof. Turk runs away without his payday because he's scared. As he should be. Um, I mean, you just saw the, you just saw the guy that you told uh, about this to get thro- you got thrown off a roof. I mean, the, you're going to run away back to the opening scene, though. Luke lectures the kid. The building is named after Christmas Attics, the first black man to die for America. He takes the kid from the kid or takes the gun rather from the kid, shoots himself <laughs> in the head and the kid runs away while Luke heads to the building that he was looking at. Um, and he quotes pop always forward because he's moving forward. Now he is now no longer doing building looking. He is moving forward. He is building walking into. Yes. I really loved pops. I was hoping he'd stay for the entire series. Um, but then they killed him off in episode two. Pops didn't last even as long as, as Ben, you know? Yeah, they it's they Colsoned him. They definitely Colsoned him because yeah. if Pops hadn't, I mean, you said that Pops uh, convinced or asked politely Luke Luke to go look for uh, the kid. No, Pops took his arm, 
Luke Cage's arm and twisted it behind his back and said, you will do this for me. To be fair, you you couldn't see it. But when I say Pops convinces him to go, I did put convinces in quotes. Right. It's very much. He flat out tells him, this is the thing that you're going to pay me back with. You're going to do this to settle us to settle a debt. Um, And I love when uh, when Luke finds him and says, look, I found you in four hours with no money. Imagine what imagine what can happen with a little bit of money. And the kids like, but but I got it. And Luke's like, dude, you don't. You're just an idiot kid. Come back home with me. And the kid's an idiot and doesn't. He he is kind of and and you know the the, well, the kid is he's just a whole lot of unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that happens with that kid is unfortunately, it's like that. We used to play a game where we'd, we'd say part of a story and then we'd like set up the characters and we'd say, and they were going to go on vacation, unfortunately. And then the next person has to, you know, do the unfortunately part and, and what went wrong. And then, then the next person does, but fortunately, and then, you know, you're going back and forth telling the story around the circle. And this guy is all, unfortunately, that's, it's all, unfortunately. Right. Well, there's something else that Pop said that was really telling um, that, again, I really love about this series. Pops is like uh, Nick or Nick Cage, not Nick Cage. (laughs) (laughs) It was bound to happen. I'm glad it happened early. Uh, Luke Cage is talking about I I don't want to I want to stand and fight. I don't want to run away run away and pops is like that's because you're a man now men stand and fight and kids run away and i don't remember if it was before that scene or after that scene um but he found uh, it must have been after because he comes to tell pops that he found the kid and the kid's gonna run away and luke isn't you know going to do that because he's a man now i guess well and here's the thing with pops if he did not die in one of these early episodes, I think he would have gotten old for us because yeah. he is, he is here for these two episodes. It's just long enough to get to like him, but it's also just long enough for him to drop these little bits of wisdom. But if he stuck around for the entire series, it would have gotten old real fast. Like all these little bits of wisdom, these, these little platitudes and, and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. or they would have had to do write his character in a different way. So he wasn't doing that as much because, and, and Luke Cage needed these things. He, he needed these, mm-hmm. these pushes. He needed, he needed someone to give him with great power comes great resp- responsibility. Or in your, as you say, he needed someone to get Colson to push him into action. And, and it does. I mean, he's not happy now. He is very unhappy and we're going to find out, you know, what he does with that unhappiness uh, why is he standing there looking at that building? We're going to find that out in the next episode. But in this episode, um, he gets the push where right. I can't just quietly let things happen around me. I have to I have to get involved. Well, well, he- I don't think he would have necessarily would have gotten old. And it's I think he would have been like the moral compass for Luke Cage. But. He fulfills the the trope of the wise old man and what happens typically to the wise old man is either he's just there for a couple of scenes or he dies. And he, he pushes the the story for further like um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and the first 
Star Wars movie or episode four, however you wish to play it. Shepherd book. Shepherd book. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Someday you're going to tell me about all this. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dies. I mean, that's, he, that's, he absolutely uh, yeah. was that for, for Luke Cage. He, if, if pops had still been there, Luke Cage would not have needed to, um, he wouldn't have needed to become the superhero because there wasn't, it wasn't a, a direct need for him to do that. Pops getting shot, Switzerland getting shot up is, is a push forward. It changes Maybe, the game for everyone. I mean, yeah. not just Luke, it changes the game for Cottonmouth too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not what Cottonmouth wanted. He loved pops too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to when pops that, that there's a flashback scene where pops is talking about how, you know, it's not because he's a wise old man. He's got his name pops. It's because when he hit people, snap, crackle, pop, you know, he, yeah. he hurt right. people. Um, and so he was a, he was kind of a thug. He was kind of a gangster and he got out of all that to pull one kid at a time out from that. And so, yeah, he's an honorable character and Luke wouldn't have needed to move forward if pops was still around. No, it, so he went from snap, crackle, pop to the neighborhood pop. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is I, I love that that play on on his name. Mm-hmm. How so it we, goes from one thing to another, and we know? find out that he used to run with Cottonmouth and Chico's father. Yes, like he, I mean, he he played the game with the players who are still like well with Cottonmouth, you know he, and then Chico's father, you know we have Chico here now, and mm-hmm. you know. Maybe there's a, even there's that sense of responsibility, like this kid, you know, I could help this one, you know, I can. And it's true. You know, the whole one kid at a time, that's that's life, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was uh, talking with an intern recently and, and um, she she wants to to change the world, you know, and um, not realizing that she's already trying changing the world right now. You know, but this big picture, we always look at this big picture of, you know, I can't fix everything. And Schindler's List, you know, at the end of Schindler's List, I could have done more. Yeah, you, you, you probably could have. But let's not forget what you did do, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's Pops here is is he's yeah. a solid pillar in the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people know and respect him. I mean, every interaction he had with every person, whether it's Bobby Fish, whether it's a lady picking up his picking up her kid, asking for Luke Cage, whether it's Misty Knight, whether it's Cottonmouth. I mean, Cottonmouth came in to re- and respected Pops. Um, he didn't, he doesn't respect Luke at all, but he respects Pops. And that's why Pops Barbershop was considered this sort of neutral zone, neutral area. The and one. that's why Tone's uh, action was such a, a black mark, a black stain on that, on Cottonmouth's respectability. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can we also take a moment to talk about um, the man who plays Cottonmouth? And I am so sorry. I'm about to butcher his name. I know it. Mahershala Ali. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. The first real interaction I ever had with him was through another podcast. And I found him to be this very approachable person and then i watched cotton or i watched luke cage and i was like whoa he is a great actor because i do not like cotton mouth but i obviously do like the actor (laughs) 
And then I went out and watched some other stuff and he is absolutely amazing. And I think that the MCU is very lucky to have him because mm-hmm. he is a fountain of talent. Well, I mean, Alfred Woodard too. I mean, the talent yes. in this, I, I, the, the caliber of actor they were able to acquire for Luke Cage, I believe is the best yet. I mean, Daredevil is amazing. Jessica Jones. I mean, they hired a doctor, so it works out. Okay. It's perfect. Um, Oh no, no, no. He was not the doctor in that series. No, no, no. there's, I mean, yeah. And I think that also talk, I mean, talk about, you know, caliber of acting. I mean, to go from such a likable character to someone who was an absolute creep. Yeah. Right. Uh, David Tennant did a great job with that role. So the, the, I mean, the caliber of actor they've they've hired for these for these series is amazing. I think Luke Cage steps in line with that and then blows it out of the water because there's just so many great actors. I mean, Pops, I forget his name. I could look it up. It's not important. I recognize him from again '90s shows, '90s movies. Thomas Crown Affair, great movie, and he was great in it. So they've they're able to hire some fantastic actors for these Frankie Faison is his name. Yes. Yes. The guy who plays shades. Oh, (laughs) the guy who plays shades. I don't know anything about shades. Um, I I don't think he's got any superpowers. Like he puts on his shades, he turns into Cyclops or whatever. He's just a bad man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But again, he has some code of honor that because uh, he's the whole time he's like, we should not be shooting up uh, Pops's place. Tone, we should not do this. This is not something that we should do. And then he has to actually tell um, Mr. Stokes, Cottonmouth, that has actually happened. And so th- there's an honor to him honor among thieves of course but there's an honor to him that is that is interesting to see juxtaposed against luke cage yes and uh shades is played by theo rossi okay yes (laughs) to stay yeah i i have imdb open (laughs) okay i'm not looking at the trivia right now it's a good friend good friend yes it is imdb Yes. Stands for my good friend when I'm talking about TV shows, and I can't remember who people are. <laughs> that acronym does not work at all. They well, need to change that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, IMDb. It stands for Ben. You really should have looked at me before you called him Joey Pantaloni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> that is episode two. Uh, we also learned a little bit about Misty as well. I mean, she grew up in the area too. She's good at basketball, right? Oh, and that we also seems... got uh, an appearance from uh, Turk. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what's Turk up to after almost getting his foot cut off? Uh, he's playing chess at a barbershop and being right. a jerk. Yes. And <laughs> I'm going to say this. That line where he's like, I'm going to go back to Hell's Kitchen where it's safer. That's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. That's but, a weak... but it's there. <laughs> and it's there to be like, oh, by the way, hashtag, it's all connected. Yeah. If he really wanted to be safe, he should have gone to Stars Hollow. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, 
it was a dumb line, but you know, you can live with it. I, I mean, do. it's it's Turk, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that felt very sitcom-y. Yeah. Not sitcom-y as in a situation communist. I'm not saying commie. <laughs> sitcom <laughs> dash Y. sitcom yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So... Uh, want to talk about the episode structure at all about this whole flashback thing where we start with him looking at the building and then we kind um, of find out why he's looking at the building but not quite yet it's kind not of. until the next episode yeah. that it's revealed what he does right yeah I just did, did we need that I don't know I mean it it just felt weird it it did felt weird because it wasn't revolved it wasn't resolved in this episode. Now if you think about it as chapters in a book where you go on to the next you know you're not waiting a week, right? You're waiting your 15 seconds before you can hit next again. Um yeah. it, I I think it worked there. I don't think it works if you pause between the two episodes. It just feels weird. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, now here's, and here's where some of our weaknesses are going to come through is we are three white people, uh, um, talking Very about this stuff. So and, and so we are getting, we are getting some, um, um, racial and cultural and political things that are, that are coming through and, and actually a surprise that there wasn't more to be honest, but, um, we, we get some of that here where they're, they're talking about the N word and, um, Luke Cage hates it, doesn't like the, that word. And, you know, you don't use that to describe me. You don't use that to describe you. And, um, you know, but so that as we are talking about this, that that is one weakness that's coming out of this conversation is that while we can be aware of the things, some of the things that this, this series is talking about in those areas, um, most of what we're talking about here is is the plot stuff and and the more the, the broader and, and more um, universal things that this this series is talking about. So, and if you are a person of color who has thoughts on that, please, please, please send them in. I'd, I'd love to hear them. Yes. We'd love Uh, to, we'd love to have you join that conversation. And our, our hope is we'll be able to bring in some more voices to this actual, to the actual conversation. But in our fourth episode where we are covering Luke Cage, we will be doing a deep dive into whatever we have as far as, um, um, listener feedback. So that, that's something that we would, we would really appreciate. Um, what's good about the stuff that this series is saying about those, uh, cultural and political and, and racial uh, topics is we get to be more aware, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. what fiction does. You know, fiction allows you to put yourself into someone else's, well, that was a little too literal in someone else's skin. I was about to say, but in someone else's shoes and, and to be able to experience if briefly, and if only in our imagination, what someone else feels. And so that's where, you know, we have this whole situation with, with Luke and he's, he's here and he, you know, he has to become a hero for his people. We're going to get more into that stuff later. Um, but right here at this beginning part, you know, he's looking at this building called, you know, what is it? The Crispus Attics. Um, uh, I can't remember what the third word is, but it's named after Crispus Attics. And, and we're going to find out what it's being used for in this next episode, which is episode three. Who's going to take the weight. 
So Luke is mad. He's super mad, but he also needs some cash. And so he goes mm-hmm. after Cottonmouth's stash houses. And eventually Cottonmouth brings all his money to the Crispus Attic Center. That's the word I was looking for, which they also call Fort Knox. Why do they call it Fort Knox? Because you can't get into it. The money is supposed to be safe there. And then it's fighty fighty time. And this is what Luke is there doing the building looking <laughs> is he wanted them to bring all the money in one place. And he goes in, he beats up some people. There's a really fun bit with a couch and he steals <laughs> the money and walks away. So after this happens, Misty Knight puts two and two together because a, she's not she's a fool a- and B, she has a superpower of detecting and deducting, right. uh, not deducting from her taxes, but deducting like deductive reasoning and, um, her partner, however, he's a whole different story from her. He gets contacted by Chico, who wants to confess. And instead of listening to the confession, he just kills the kid. Because he's working for Cottonmouth. And he goes to Cottonmouth. And he tells Cottonmouth, Luke is the guy who did all this. And so Cottonmouth goes and fires a rocket into Genghis Khani's restaurant on the first floor of the building where Luke Cage lives. Luke is there eating, sees the rocket coming, says, sweet sister, and it all comes tumbling down. Boom. Crash. Boom. We need Daniel booming. That's what we needed right then. Big butta boom. This. This. Okay. So is Punisher the only not I guess not Punisher's not the only guy who can get a rocket launcher into New York City. Okay, let's first of all remember what was the first crime that we were really seeing Cottonmouth get involved in? Arms dealing. Oh, that's true. I mean, <laughs> it does not it, it totally makes sense that Cottonmouth would have access to a rocket. Um I'm curious, you know, him choosing to do the deed himself. Should he? Well, I, I think, okay, so that's at the end of the episode. The uh-huh. beginning of the episode, or the middle of the episode, is him stealing, what, $7 million or something like that? I mean, he, it, all of Cottonmouth's money. He's really punched Cottonmouth in the gut. And, you know, he's he's a he's a snake. He's going to come back and, and fight back. Yeah, or, I, I don't know if snakes fight back. I whatever. I mean, but the point is, he's gonna he's gonna fight back. And I guess I didn't understand why. I get it. It felt like a illogical leap that he's gonna go from. It felt more logical for them to be a drive by than a rocket launcher. <laughs> well, the rocket launcher is, is a lot more splashy. Right. Yeah, dramatic. Yeah, sure. definitely. I mean, this is this is the cot. This is the cot comic book movie aspect of this thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is. <laughs> I just think of uh, Al Capone from from The Untouchables. You know, I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his dog dead. You know, it's just right. You know, I want this guy dead so bad, and I want a rocket launched into his restaurant where he's eating. And let's let's take care of him. I mean, this is this is not I'm making a statement to this person who wronged me. This is I'm making a statement about this person who wronged me to everyone else. 
yeah, it just seems it just seems that uh, over excessive, I guess, is the term that I can that I can come up with. I, so the do, scene, do you, okay. do you feel like it works as a dramatic thing in the in the in the show? I feel like the drama gets it gets pissed away a little bit because a little bit, yeah. I mean, Scarf does this thing right where he he just kills Chico in cold blood. Like right. there's there's that scene right there. There's so much to that scene. Right, uh, Chico's dead. Like right. we and were then, rooting for this kid, Scarf, because the kid's doing the right thing. Yeah, and then Scarf like takes a bite of his hamburger or whatever at the very at the very end of the close of the scene, which sets him up completely. He is a cold blooded killer. He has no remorse, and he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and we liked him a little bit. I liked him a little bit. You know, yeah, um, when he, he was kind of that working class guy. Yeah. And, and he's working with Missy Knight. They're friends. Mm-hmm. And and then this happens. And so that that scene is so dramatic and it plays so well for me. And then you turn around and <laughs> Cottonmouth's like, I got my rocket launcher. Boom. And it, it just it it. it yeah, it, it pulls it pulls the curtain back and just lets you see. Okay, yeah, don't forget. I mean, we got Scarf, who's not quite Scarface. He's just he's just this shy of being Scarface. But um, say hello, friend. And then you got Cottonmouth, who just yeah, it, it's it's not it's not at all the same kind of drama. It's the superhero drama, and right. we'll get into it next episode. Like, how are they getting out of this one? It's a superhero cliffhanger, right? I did like the line where he's like, uh, Scarf is like, now if my pen turns into a magic hammer, we can talk. Because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a, he, what they're talking about is the um, Misty saying that you got to do the job for the sake of doing, you know, for the good of humanity. And Scarf is like, why am I doing this job when I've got guys in iron suits down the block? You know, and and Thor, he directly references Thor's hammer, who are saving the world from nastiness. Yeah. And then he gets the call and goes and kills the reveal of him being a, an informant or whatever. Um, it, I liked that aspect of things. I like that they're calling that out and they actually have this pretty in-depth conversation about those things. And they decide to literally just, you know, go their separate ways. <laughs> she goes back to staring at the board and he goes and kills Chico. <laughs> yeah. Can't get, get, can't catch much more separate than that. So, right. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts about uh scarf or well, really any of the things in this episode? Um, how about the uh, opening sequence with uh, what's the song? There's a song. And he's he's robbing banks and not robbing banks. He's robbing safe houses. But, oh, I mean, th- this series. You're not talking about bring the ruckus from when he's going through the uh, the Christmas addicts thing, which that's an amazing talk about fights in small corridors, daredevil people. This is this is another good one. Um, but I don't think that's the song you're talking about. No, I'm talking about the earlier one. But anyway, uh, th- this whole thing, this series, 
the thing that strikes me about the whole series is the style. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much style being brought to this. And, and part of it, they kind of cheat with um, the uh, the Paradise and the live acts that are actually doing the songs, right? Um, and so that's kind of a cheat because, hey, we've got live music. So, of course, we're going to have this really good music playing. Um, but that just, again, adds to the style. You know, it's oh. it's just a part of things here. You know, the music is just a part of the world. And and then the editing works with the music so well. And it just, mm-hmm. yeah. So it works really well. The soundtrack to this, to um, Luke Cage is fantastic. Um, I wish it had more, more of the songs that are actually in the show. Like it doesn't have uh, bring the ruckus, which is, uh, um, Oh, Wu-Tang Clan song. Probably for rights reasons. I think the song you're thinking of is called Ain't It a Sin by Charles Bradley. And he's like, Ain't It a Sin. Yeah. He's, and that's the song that it, it works really well. I mean, Raphael Sadiq's song is about a good man's song is about a, a, a guy whose wife leaves him because he's going to work and she's not being a good wife at home. <laughs> and so. <laughs> She's being a wife to someone else. She's being a, someone else's <laughs> wife at the same time as she's being his wife. Yeah. And so, I mean, these are all, th- the music is not, it is purposeful. It's not just there. It's not subtle. It's, it's purposeful if you sort of take it one step further. Yeah, it doesn't just set tone. It doesn't just set mood. It does those things. But then it also blatantly will say, hey, this is what this is about right now. This is mm-hmm. or it'll be um it'll it'll set it up as as a, a contrast as well. Like the the, mm-hmm. the song will be talking about something that and something bad is happening and the song is good, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this whole series, just the style of it sets it apart for me from a lot of just a lot of TV. Yeah, and I can't think of something similar, but I, I haven't watched everything, and I certainly haven't watched the type of shows that this would fit into. Um, see, that I have. I, I've watched some some black exploitation movies, and you know, I like '70s cinema, and mm-hmm. where you have you know Daredevil feels like that kind of '70s cop kind of thing. Um, this definitely feels it, it's it's not as grainy, you know, and it's it's a lot um, it's a lot cleaner as far as the yeah. actual image and and you know the film stock. I mean, it's digital more than likely, but um, you know, so it doesn't have quite the the scratchiness and the graininess and, and well, just kind and of the the undergroundness that that comes right. from that. But it it's the vibe is there, right. I, I fully expect Richard Roundtree as Shaft to walk around any one of those corners in Harlem. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just fantastic. And fantastic. then it'd be weird to see Sam Jackson walk around the corner because he'd be <laughs> Shaft. But also, it'd be weird. That was a good movie. I liked. I liked the job. Uh, you know, Sam it Jackson, Shaft. It was. It was. I only saw it once in the theater, so it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've seen it. But yeah. Well, you know, uh, wasn't uh, oh my goodness, what was that Spike Lee movie that that Sam Jackson was in? All of them. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, 
Samuel L. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you really want to, you can even... You, well, Sam Jackson's already in the MCU. So. Yeah, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he, it would not be weird for him to walk around the corner at any point. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, Samuel L. Jackson could also play, you know, his own cousin as much as a trope as it is to have an actor play two characters in the same universe. Who are related yeah. and look alike. Yeah. <laughs> his cousin could have been that DJ. You know? Yeah. 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 I, yes, I do feel like um, the, the creators of the show are tapping into Spike Lee tones, you know, um, does blacks exploitation, uh, seventies, Richard Roundtree shaft, those types of feelings. Um, but with a new, obviously with a little bit more money and polish and, and, you know, the mouse backing it. Yeah. And, and I think pulling back a little bit, um, that's that's the one thing I, I like. I said I was surprised that it didn't go further than it does, but um, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna rate these episodes, and you know I think with this new setup, uh, I, I think for f- just for easiness, we should just go with how many stars. How <laughs> many how many stars out of five do you give these episodes? And you can do all three at once, or you can do them individually, but you do have to give them some stars. You want me to start? Go, go ahead time. and start, Ben. First episode, I give a solid four. It's a good pilot episode. It sets up everything we need to know about what's going to be happening. We get the who are the bad guys, although there's more bad guys behind these bad guys. Uh, but we also know who are the good guys, although a couple of these good guys are going to die in, in the next episode or two. Um, we get the setting, you know, the, the place, the home, home base uh, and all that, although that's going to get destroyed. But um <laughs> You know, this is a pilot episode. And honestly, this episode could, or this series could have gone in a completely different direction to where it's Adventure of the Week here, you know, in Harlem. And mm-hmm. it's just, here's our home base. And yeah, it might get shot up, but we'll fix it up real quick. And, you know, next episode, everything's back to normal. And, and Pops just is part of that regular cast. And Chico is part of that regular cast. And um, it, it just, you could see it going into, a, you know, a weekly um, you know, 20, 22, 25 episodes a year uh, kind of a series set up. But the difference being, um, yeah, Pops dies. <laughs> so solid four for episode one. Episode two, um, I'm going to give that one. I give this a lot of thought. I, I think I can give this one a, a good um, probably a five. No, no, four. I'm going to go with a solid four. So episode one, four. <laughs> episode two, I'm giving a four. Um, episode three, I'm going to give a 4.25. There's just so much style going on in this that it just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and, and and honestly, the thing that keeps it from being a 4.5 is the rocket at the end. Yeah. So that's how I'm rating it. Um, so have at it. Okay. So for episode one, I'm going to give it a solid four. Good way to start. Uh, Episode two, I'm going to give it 4.5. I just love everything that happens within the barbershop, even including, unfortunately, the shootout. Um, Because that was still, as horrible as that scene was, it was still a very good dramatic point in the show. And incredibly Um, well shot, too. 
Yes. But the whole thing is well yeah. shot. I mean, that's the th- yeah. That's the craziness about. We'll get into Iron Fist when we get into Iron Fist, but the craziness about Netflix up until this point is how good everything looks. Yes. Right. And then I, I think I'll go back to Ben. I think with you, uh, four point two five, because there's that really great opening with the fight sequence in the hallway. I mean, that seems to be you know a, a trend that Netflix has with this with the MCU that does not seem to fail because you get these really amazing action sequences and then the yeah the the stinger missile at the end just was and you know i was i did go look at the trivia quickly while you guys were talking and <laughs> um i should actually consult my brother because he was trained in the army um as uh with the stinger missile and um in the trivia it said that <laughs> The explosion was a little bit too much for a, a three, for a Stinger missile that size. Well, come on, that's the it's, yeah. again comic book, comic book movie, comic book show. True, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I mean, it's this the series is called Luke Cage, and there's you know a whole you know list. It, it would be pathetic if you call it Luke Cage and then kill him off in episode three. So, of course, you know, he's going to survive this explosion. Um, and I think it would be really pathetic and heavy-handed if you had the bad guy kill off, you know, just a random person uh, like that with a Stinger missile. So, even with the phony explosion. So, <laughs> hmm. so or maybe the Stinger missile hit a gas line. You never know. That's absolutely what happened. There's yes, a gas line, a gas balloon, refracted off the sun. There you go. That's why you got your aliens. Yes. I mean, wait. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and give the pilot episode a 4.5. I think it, it set up, uh, of pilot episodes, it set up everything it needed to set up perfectly. Um, I realize you can't go lower than that. You know, once you set the bar there, it's kind of where you're going to stay, but whatever. Um, I think the, the weakest of the three that we saw was number two. Um, but only because it was number two. Like I remember number one very vividly. I remember, you know, the, the third episode very vividly. I'm having a little bit of hard time remembering number two vividly, but I'm still going to give it a solid four. Um, so episode three i would give it a 4.5 but then like we've said there's this rocket launcher (laughs) at the very end that just it it literally takes me out of it i was so unfortunate i'm I'm sitting there washing dishes and i'm like oh this is so good oh yeah he's got a rocket launcher oh look the big thing is boom oh sweet sister we don't even hear sweet christmas we hear sweet sister now granted Probably shouldn't hear Sweet Christmas. It's like, it's like in Daredevil. We talked about how you know it took time <laughs> to yeah. get his to get his his suit on. He said it in Jessica Jones, man. I told you I don't remember that very well. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying it's. Oh, but he said it after having coffee in Jessica Jones. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. still, still, there's maybe a little inconsistency there, but. I don't know. This whole rocket launcher taking down half a building. I mean, if, if Peter Parker saw that he would not be, he would be on the phone 
I'm just saying. This was not something you do lightly. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm okay. going to give it a 4.25. So 4.54, 4.25. That works. That works. So, okay. Well, we just want to thank you again for listening. And we're curious what you think. Um, like I said, we'll be doing the uh, any listener feedback that we get about Luke Cage. We'll be doing that in our fourth episode covering Luke Cage, which will be three episodes from now. Um, stick around for after the credits. And during the credits, you'll find out how you can contact us if you'd like to contact us. But stick around after the credits, because after the credits, you will hear what we thought about these episodes originally and it's a different kind of format than we did before there won't be as much back and forth between future ben and past ben honestly because there won't be any back and forth between them but um again thank you for listening and uh now it's time to say goodbye samantha let's do adios amigos offrey woodard sounds swedish (laughs) there's your star trek reference (laughs) yeah yeah, there. I only know her. I only know her from Star Trek: First Contact. I oh, know her oh, from geez. Civil War. Well, there's that too, which there aren't too many. I, I think there's a couple, but she is one of the few who actually is in the MCU twice as two different people. So she's definitely the the highest profile. I can't think of anybody else who yes who would be. Yeah. Well, uh, Stan Lee. <laughs> Well, now he's... Although he may not have been two different people at all, but... Or seven different people. He's now just one guy. Or just ageless. (laughs) So, that is another episode of Welcome to All of Seven in the books. And again, thank you for listening. And until next time, always remember, in podcasting as in life, take my advice, brother. The past is the past. And the only direction in life that matters is forward, never backwards. Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcome to level seven.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level seven. You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven, or by following us on Twitter where we are level seven pod. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us until next time. Godspeed. Episode 1, Initial Reaction. Hello, this is Ben. The Ben Avery Ben. And uh, calling because I just watched uh, Luke Cage, Season 1, Episode 1. And 
you know, you're changing up everything. You're changing up how you're covering all the Netflix stuff, guys, you guys in the future. But uh, I, I'm still calling in. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're going to use this, but I'm still calling in. And what am I calling in about? Luke Cage. And here's the things I like about it. The tone, love the tone. Uh, the character, love the character, the way it's portrayed here. Awesome. The music, love the music. It just oh, it gets you going. Things I don't like, uh, <laughs> plot the skin. And it's, you know, they're, they're seeing how far can we go without actually showing anything, but still we're showing everything. I mean, it's, it's typical comic book stuff, honestly, when you get to it, um, where, you know, comic book, they're drawing the thing and then they color the clothes over the body uh, as they're drawing the page. But, yeah, it's it's there, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, it's got color like it's close. Anyway, that's, that's how it looks stuff. That's, that's, that's a whole other story. Uh, but great start. Character we already know and love from Jessica Jones, but here he is again and doing his thing. And I, I'm really excited to see what his thing's going to be. Can't wait to see the origin. Uh, Cottonmouth, love that actor and love that character, uh, the way he's portraying it. So. Doing pretty good so far. That's it. Do whatever you want to do with this future, Ben. Just don't mess it up. Agent Stu. Agent Lestu. Agent. I gotta figure that out. Uh, reporting in after watching Luke Cage, not to be confused with Nick Cage, because one would beat the out of the other one. I'm pretty sure that would happen. Uh, loved the first episode. Love the tone. It is decidedly different than anything else we've seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Decidedly. I mean, even more so than Daredevil. Daredevil seems, seems polished, seems clean compared to this. Um, there's a raw energy to this, and maybe that's the whole black exploitation thing. I mean, that kind of sits well. I, I'm watching this, and all I'm thinking about is one bad somebody that I can't say because it's a family show, uh, who's Shaft. I'm thinking about Shaft at this point. I mean, it's, it's that raw energy that, that quite frankly hasn't, we haven't seen. Um, I'm loving the music. The uh, soundtrack drops in a few days. That's going to be awesome. Um, the casting, Alfre Woodard as the the corruptish ish um, congressperson or representative. I mean, Alfre Woodward could you know act in the phone book and just be absolutely amazing. And of course, she is in this. Um, the gentleman they have playing Cage, I forget his name, uh, is perfect. In this role, and I'm not a big Luke Cage fan. I, I mean, I'm not not I'm not big on knowledge about but knowledge of Luke Cage. I know him from Civil War, where he's you know trying to fend off Jessica Jones about the baby, and and that is pretty much what I know him from. But he he in here he has this um, work ethic. This he. He's kind of like Cain. He's going to wander the earth and find his place in the world. And, and he's going to do it not by robbing banks or stealing from, from bad people. He's going to do it by sweeping hair. 
and and cleaning windows and protecting you know at the end he sort of gets to the point where he's protecting people a little bit that to me is something that is uh needed in 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 cinema and in in pop culture right now i mean a lot of what we have is a lot of people who want stuff for free and i'm not trying to get onto the welfare thing and i'm not trying to talk politics i'm saying that work ethic right now seems to be kind of low and that's coming from a guy with three jobs oh man truth bomb benjamin franklin on the 100 dollars bill agent daniel just got done watching the first episode ever of luke cage and I'm a hot mess. Well, I'm not really. I'm a happy guy. Not really a hot mess. Um, I really liked it. Um, I often forgot it was a superhero show. It feels more like a, a crime show to me. Uh, criminal family, network connections. Yeah, we've got references to Hammer and Stark and the incident and the Kingpin. But again, you know, just not. If you want a superhero show, I'm feeling really interesting um really interesting prime show maybe something in the soprano sort of region but anyway i liked it i'm gonna watch some more uh, well obviously um but yeah i was happy with luke cage uh number one uh like the vibe like the feel like the differences so uh peace out later bye episode two initial reactions Luke Cage, season one, episode two. Agent Daniel here. I really like Luke Cage. I like the show. I like what's going on. I like the vibe. This is good stuff. Just remember, Jesus saves Cottonmouth, doesn't. Wow. That's a lot of salvation discussion. I'm really hoping to see you guys talk about this. There's a lot of spiritual stuff going on here, a lot of cultural stuff. And in the end... I think it makes for really, really good TV. So I, I'm ready for uh, episode three. I'm ready to go. Um, wow, this is intense. It's great. It's, it's not action past per se, but it is deep. So peace out later. Bye. Boom, hot mess. Agent Daniel out. Episode. And Misty Knight needs to put a dollar in the swear jar. That's right. He's sitting right there holding the swear jar. She swears, and nothing goes in the swear jar. Um, yeah, you know, I'm loving Scarf and and Misty. They're great. They're fun. They're not typical, but then at the same time, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this show that just feels like a cop show, and it's mainly on them. But um, you know, they've got the, the witty banter. They've got the, the relationship between the two of them. I'm afraid Scarf is going to die. I know Misty isn't. And so we think Misty isn't, but yeah, I'm, I am enjoying just riding the groove that this show is giving me. And, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's different. And yet, as different as it is from the other um, Netflix MCU stuff, 
as different as it is from that, uh, it is probably the most traditional so far. The most traditional TV show. Um, yeah, you're watching a long movie, much more uh, of a long movie than uh, even Daredevil was giving us. But this is, I don't know, it just feels traditional. Now, with what happened here in this episode, the loss of Pop, well, at the beginning of this episode, I thought this feels like we, we could easily get into an episodic. They start out in the barber shop, then there's something goes wrong, and then Luke is out doing something about it. Uh, they're not doing that. They're not getting into that groove. But it, it felt like it could have gone there. So, but yeah, I, I'm loving the music. I'm loving that, that vibe that they're sending, that, that 70s vibe. And yeah. I'm down for another episode. So I'm going to do it now. Bye. Guys, Luke Cage, episode two. Wow. Wow. Okay, this is ages two after I just watched it. Um, the one shot in the middle, right, right at the end after Pop got shot. Um, fantastic. The acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. I'm really liking how they're um, dealing with uh, race relations, black on black violence. I mean, I, I know politicalness, but the show is political. Uh, it's it's just an amazing, amazing piece of, of television. Um, we got Misty Knight, Turk, is leaving to go back to Hell's Kitchen where it is safe. I guess he likes to get it beat, get beat up a little bit by, uh, by a certain blind, uh, acrobat. Um, yeah, all in all, this is, this is great. I'm, I'm curious as to why Rosario Dawson is on the front cover and I haven't seen her yet, but you know, night nurse can't be everywhere at all times. Um, anyway, yes. Fantastic. Can't wait to see what happens next. Peace out. Episode three, initial reaction. You know what? Agent Daniel here just got done watching Boot Cage. Episode three. Who's going to take the weight? I'm going to say this. Here I am. I'm calm. I'm cool. Collecting. I'm getting tense. I'm getting nervous. I'm tense. I'm back to tense. Because what's going to happen is Scarf is talking. And he's, you know, everything's going to get right and he's going to get his confession. And I just know, I just know what's going to happen to Scarf, who's completely likable. I love what this actor's doing with Scarf. This is where he's going to get whacked. Scarf is dead. It's true. Scarf is dead. But no, no. Just like Jaren, we get a character twist. This isn't Scarf from the comic books. This isn't Misty Knight's trusty partner, the guy who always comes through for no, no, no. This guy's dirty. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm a hot mess. That I'm, Again, I was waiting for him to die. Just like, you know, Scarf would do. You know, loyal, protecting his friend somewhat. But again, loyal guy. Loyal guy. And then what happens? <sighs> Scarf is dirty. I'm tense. There it is. It's out there. Peace out, everybody.
sweet sister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Scarf, like him, liked him, and now, well, he did what he did, and uh, that was a surprise. That was a shocking moment. And the one complaint I have here, I guess, is there is shocking moments are few and far between. And it's lots of great character stuff, but also repetitive character stuff. I mean, we're kind of seeing and hearing the same things from the characters. You know, we're, we're getting the, you know, always forward, never backward line uh, a bunch of times. And, you know, it wouldn't be a problem if you were watching an episode per week. Because then you get reminded of it from, you know, the previous episode. Binge watching, a little bit different. So it's a little bit more, well, repetitive. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, future Ben, I, I don't know where this show is going. I don't know what's happening with all the bad guys. Uh, I don't know, you know, Cottonmouth, he, I'm wondering if there's more, if, they, if we're going to get more, not from him, but from somebody else. Because he is no Wilson Fisk. Now he is good. Don't get me wrong. I love this actor. I, I, he's good. But he's not. Uh, he's got menace. He's he's threatening. But he's smaller potatoes. It seems like than say your Wilson Fisk. So anyway, uh, they, they keep dropping you know little little bits and pieces there to say hey we're we're here we're part of the MCU. Um, I'd love it if we were able to get some stuff that goes into our show, to S.H.I.E.L.D., but, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see if anything more comes out of that. I still would love to see uh, a little bit of Phil Coulson popping up or something, but for now, I'm enjoying what I'm watching, but um, I don't feel really... Uh, I don't feel really hard-pressed to get to the next episode now you know I can, I can take my time on this i think and not watch episode after episode after episode i love the vibe i like the world i just yeah just don't feel the the, the intense need to, to keep pressing forward binge 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 i can take some time i can watch some other stuff in between so anyway that's that's how i'm feeling and that's that's where luke cage took me so Later.